This is exactly right. Welcome to the Parent Footprint Podcast with Dr. Dan. I'm your host, Dr. Dan. Our goal and mission at Parent Footprint is to create a more loving world with more compassionate people, one parent and one child at a time. We strongly believe that the key to raising happy, healthy, engaged, and aware kids is for parents to do the same, to focus on themselves in being happy, healthy, engaged, and aware in their own lives. And through this awareness... We believe that all parents can create their own vision of successful parenting and be the person they want their children to become. Today's show is an exciting and interesting and provocative topic. It's called Earn It, What to Do When Your Child Needs an Entitlement Intervention. And that happens to be the title of our guest, Dr. Michael Wetter's new book, along with Eileen Bailey. Want to introduce you to Dr. Michael. He is a nationally recognized behavioral expert, a diplomat and fellow of the American Psychotherapy Association, and is also co-author of another wonderful book called What Went Right, Reframe Your Thinking for a Happier Now. Dr. Michael, welcome to the show. Dr. Dan, a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So this whole idea of entitlement... This is such a great topic because I think a lot of us in the field and as parents, we're struggling with this whole idea of, gosh, you know, we want our kids to be happy and successful and maybe for some of us more than we had, but what is too much and when do they expect more and are we happy with the values and behaviors that we're seeing in our own kids and and what we're seeing i think in society at large with our newer generations tell us where this whole idea in this book came from well the the, the true inspiration for for this topic in this book actually happened the moment my daughter leah was born um and and when i became a a, a parent and a, and a father really that minute and i i started to think you know, what kind of person do I hope she becomes? And I, you know, as I became a, a, a member and a participant in, in our current culture and zeitgeist, I noticed that more and more people just sort of had a, a, a an attitude about them where they deserved certain things, whether it be certain positions or certain possessions or whatever it may have been. The, the zeitgeist of the time seemed to be more centered towards uh self-need versus, you know, and self-want versus self-care. And I really didn't want my daughter to become a, a participant in that same type of culture. So I really started to take a hard look at, you know, really what is entitlement and, and what are we as parents doing to foster entitlement? Uh, and, and really, honestly, taking a close look at my own parenting skills and, and what am I doing that may lead to that uh, kind of end result being entitlement? And, you know, always sort of in the back of my mind is I want to raise a, a, a confident child, not a cocky child. I want to raise, you know, a, a, someone who's secure with themselves but not arrogant. I want to raise someone who knows the value of earning 
accomplishments versus feeling entitled to them. And that's truly the, the, the nucleus for this, uh, for this idea. Well, that's wonderful, and it like, so fits with our, um, our concept in Parent Footprint is that, is, is that we need to think about what we want for our kids in the present and their future in order to figure out how we want to parent with mindful awareness. And, and that's exactly what you did. I mean, you made some decisions early on to um, go in this, this direction very mindfully. Did, did you find that um, you were having to fight these natural parents, you know, decisions to go in that direction, you know, the, your natural instinct versus what you wanted for your daughter? I'm I'm fighting on a daily basis with my natural okay, instincts. Yeah. I'm you with know, you. It, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I I would not put this in the past tense at all. And I think that you know, um, almost on a daily basis, it's it's a it's a literal conversation that I'm having with myself, which is is this going with the what I consider to be more of that normative desire? Of, you know, we want our children to be happy. Um, I, right. I think every parent, to a certain degree, wants our child to be happy. Um, I, I, where I go back to is, where is that line? You know, happiness for the moment or longer standing satisfaction, contentment, and, and security. Um, and that concept of building resiliency. You can have a mm-hmm. happy child in the moment, but, but a child who also doesn't grow to be a resilient individual. And so every day is literally a struggle from you know from the moment they're they're one years old and they're in the shopping cart and they're reaching to that little thing on the uh, on the counter that you could buy for 99 cents to when they're you know 15 and they want that latest video game you know that cost a couple hundred bucks to when they're 35 and they they're moving back home because they didn't get that job as an executive director that they thought they were entitled to uh Mm -hmm. at every phase of life there is an intervention or a step that we need to take as parents that help to develop resiliency and and the values associated with working hard towards something, not just getting it because you think you need it or want it or deserve it. Right. And I, I was talking to a client recently about this, and what they said was, we were talking about this mindful parenting and what do you want? And they said, God, this is so hard, though. And, and where we came mm-hmm. to is exactly what you said. Yes, this is hard, but what's more important? You know, like no one said it was going to be easy, which I think also has to do with this entitlement culture about things are supposed to be easy rather than hard. Right. And this goes, this harkens back to that sort of, you know, um, much uh, focused topic of, you know, we are parents, we're not the friends of our children. And, you know, as a friend, you don't have to do anything that's difficult. Uh, You don't have to do anything that's hard. You can just be there as a, um, you know, a a friend having fun. And when the fun is over, you don't, you can just tune out. You can just leave. Parenting doesn't afford that luxury. Parenting is those wonderful times, you know, those truly amazing times. And then also those moments where are not so wonderful. Those moments that are truly kind of very challenging, difficult, and if you will, almost you're pulling out your hair. Um, mm-hmm. But that's our responsibility as parents. I, I, I sometimes will, will talk to my parents who are now grandparents, and I say, wow, th- there you have it. Now you got the best of both worlds. 
okay? Right. Because now you can just enjoy all the happiness. You know, being a grandparent, I think, ha- offers more ability to be um, uh, happy, you know? Right, <laughs> right, easy. right, right. A little easier, a little easier. Focus on the good stuff. A little stuff. easier, depending on, depending on your scenario, but it's like my, right. my, my mother will often say, I now get to spoil, and I don't care what the consequence is. You know? <laughs> I'm like, well, right. and she, I she's earned care that. what the consequence yeah. is, because yeah. she's got to come home. She's, she's earned it. You know, she's earned it. <laughs> so a lot of what's talked about these days is this whole idea of success and failure, and we want our kids to be successful. You hear this all the time. And, of course, success doesn't seem to be defined very much, but then a lot of people equate it to you know, good colleges and good careers and lots of money. And I like it. You state something in your book. You guys say, teaching our kids to succeed means first teaching them how to fail. I think this is so important, and I'm interested in in how you view this. Well, you know, it's a very important concept and topic to me because, you know, many, I, I think parents, I think many individuals tend to focus on the idea, much to what you were saying, that success is, you know, it's wealth, it's getting everything right on a test, it's doing everything the way it's supposed to be done, and therefore, if you are successful, again, going back to this principle, you will be happy. And mm-hmm. success itself is not something that is just given, it is earned. I can't think of many people who, are, who have achieved any modicum of success without first mastering how to fail and then continue on. Uh, Learning how to fail doesn't mean that you fail at something and you quit. Learning how to fail is how does one pick themselves back up and persevere. It's an essential tool in life because Mm -hmm. things will not always go perfectly. Things will not always uh, merit success or achievement on the first attempt. So, you know, again, we're, we're talking about a more uh, long-term, longitudinal approach to parenting. When we start thinking about being mindful parents, how, what kind of individual do I want my child to be? When they are met with failure, do I want them to just be depressed, uh, resigned to the failure and quit? Or do I want them to say, okay, what can I learn from this experience? Why did it not work? What do I need to do differently? Move forward. Let's move on. That's mm-hmm. a successful failure. That's building resiliency. That's contributing to determination. That's contributing to someone who's going to ultimately be an autonomous, well-functioning, healthy, and resilient adult. And those are all key principles that I think all of us want for our kids. You know, a successful failure, resilient Um, learning to persevere in the face of adversity. You know, it makes me think of the whole debate in the field of, is there such thing as positive perfectionism versus striving for excellence? And, you know, the whole idea is there's a lot of perfectionistic people among us where it's still in the end of the day, it's sort of like never good enough and afraid to fail, in my experience, whereas this whole notion that I believe you're talking about is striving for excellence is anyone who's achieved anything across every domain uh, has failed a number of times and is not afraid to do so to become better, stronger, whatever whatever the goal is. Right, and we we can't be afraid of failing. Uh, I think the you know the distinction we want to make is making sure that if something doesn't work out, that you learn something from it, that you don't just compete. 
continue to repeat the same mistakes over and over again. And I think our job as parents is to point out and to emphasize that point of learning. You know, the other day, my daughter Leah came home, and she's only in the third grade. Mm-hmm. And she had a test, and, and the test she's having in the third grade, I don't even think I could do in the 11th grade. Uh, it, it's amazing <laughs> what they're doing these days. And, you know, she came home, and I, I forgot what it was on, some kind of um, math, and she got a 41 out of 45. And, you know, she goes, I think I did okay. I said, no, actually, you did great. You know, she goes, well, I got four wrong. And right away, that tendency is, you know, I didn't get perfect. And, you know, I had to pull out my calculator to find out what's the percentage is about 91%. I said, you know what? You did amazing. It's great. Let's look at the ones you didn't get right. Let's try to figure out what is it about those problems that gave you some challenge. And then on the next time, maybe those won't be as challenging. But what I, you know, what I had to make sure that I didn't do, because it's in my natural instinct as well as it was hers to say, oh, God, it would have been great to get 45 out of 45. My challenge was to say, this is a great score. This is a really good effort. Now, how do we frame the learn? Where does the learning come into play? It's not the learning shouldn't the learning experience shouldn't be next time you better study harder. I think she studied it just fine. I think she prepared just fine. We all make mistakes. What are, on those little you know problems on those four problems that you made mistakes on? What can you learn from those? And that will then inform the next test. And I think that's sort of a just a very sort of tangible real life experience that I think is important to emphasize when we talk about success versus failure. You know, that was not a failed exam by any stretch of the imagination. And at the same time, we can turn it into a point of learning. A point of learning, right. And what I'm hearing you say in this great example is um, it's trying to help our kids develop a concept of success that's realistic and grounded, you know, like what is what is success? Okay, something that I know uh, a lot of listeners are struggling with and interested in is this whole idea about stuff. So we've got lots of stuff (laughs) these days, right? And lots of this stuff is in electronic forms and nature. We have IVs and tablets and video games and consoles and lots of stuff that, you know, that we all didn't have, uh, quantity or right. the uh, technology when we were younger. So, and, and, and people take, these kids take this stuff for granted, you know, so are they entitled? What, uh, what do we do about this? You know, I don't know if it's so much in, in, in t- I think every generation had its own version of stuff. You know, uh, when I was a kid, it was Star Wars stuff. You know, you had action figures and you had cards and you had, you know, Pong and Activision and all these other things. And, you know, before that, it was comic books. And, you know, what's this all this rock and roll and the music and everything, records everywhere. I think every generation has its version of stuff. But at what point in time do we start to look at it and say, when does the stuff begin to dominate what what our children consider to be a need? You know, I need this iPad, but I also need this the newest iPhone, and I need to have the newest PS4 or PS4.5 or whatever's coming out, whatever, you know, uh, and you start to hear the, the, the term need, and that's when it raises a flag for me, you know, um, and I think that, again, we all fa- fall back on this desire, myself included, we want our children to be happy. That, that's what we ultimately all fall back on. We want our children to be happy. And at the same time, going out and getting a 750 or $1,000 iPhone 
or any, you know, name your brand, you know, uh, smartphone device for a six-year-old, 10-year-old, 13-year-old, what, what value does that child put on that item? Do they know what you had to do to earn that, to get that money, to buy that phone? What do they do, more importantly, to earn that device? And how are they going to use it? And how are you going to supervise the use, uh, the use of that? There are so many factors inherent that I think go overlooked because we're caught up in the immediacy of got to get it because it will make them happy. No, I, th- I think we all need to take a step back and, you know, w- before we buy, before we get, we have to you sort of take that mindfulness step to look at what is the value? What is the, what is the opportunity here on, on, on several fronts? One of which is how do they earn it? You know, what do they have to do to earn it? What do they have to do to demonstrate that this is something that they have achieved, that they have earned? And two, what will be the value of getting it? If it's just a newer phone for them to play more games and text on, then why do they need it? Then they don't need it. And this is an important life lesson to emphasize the difference between wants and needs. Yeah, that that's key. The difference between I want and I need and how you hear these days, I need, I need, and I need. And for some kids... You know, particularly who are really persistent and have a more obsessive style, like, gosh, they get locked in to these needs and all their friends have it. So they need it. And uh, so a lot of times we are we are we're we're fighting a a cultural, as you said, zeitgeist, like we're we're, we're fighting a, a paradigm in many ways and and it's not easy when it's true that many of your kids friends have these things. Right. I mean, then you're really taking a stand. Well, then, then we're playing up with this, you know, sort of keeping up with the Joneses, okay? And and let's face it, I, I, I speak uh, as myself, as a parent uh, in that culture of wanting to do it. You know, oh, my friend, you know, Carol came home and she had this little thing, you know, that, she, that her parents got her. And I'm like, well, I, I'd be a bad parent if I didn't get it for my daughter because my daughter is a good kid. So I, sh- I should get it for her too. But no. Okay, uh, I'm not Carol's parents. I don't know who Carol's parents are and what they're doing, and you know that's that's on them. What's best for my child? What's best for my family? What are the values that I'm going to try to instill? And is this even possible? We all get sucked into it, and I think that's that's such an important takeaway: is that nobody's immune to this. You know, everybody partakes. In, in the book, we even have a quiz at the beginning of the book. You know, and it's not about so much how entitled is my child. It, it, it also taps into what are the things I'm doing that may raise the entitlement flag as a parent. And I think the, the reason why we, we thought it was so valuable to include that quiz is because we all do it. We just may not realize right. when we're doing it. So when you're thinking about creating these strong values in our kids, and this whole important idea of having our kids learn what it's like to earn something, you know, what are the, th- mm-hmm. what are the things that we parents should be thinking about? Because, you know, this isn't black or white, like you said. You know, there's a lot of things to think about. What are some of the things we should think about when setting up this idea of earning versus just giving? Well, I think it goes back to the notion of consequence. Okay, for every action, there's a reaction. We also don't want to get into the habit of bribing our kids either. Okay, if you study for your test, you get the iPhone. And it's like, no, that, that you know, it, it's almost how you, sometimes we'll say the punishment must fit the crime. Well, the reward must also fit, you know, the effort. Uh, I think in many regards, what we want to establish is instilling children to develop habits 
and uh, behaviors and, if, if you will, sort of an autonomy of their own where they're not dependent on external gratification to move them forward. So one of the things that I go into when we, when we refer to earn it is um, like, you know, uh, let's say they come to you and uh, I'll give you another da- – my, my daughter is, is my perfect example. She, she's always what I turn to for inspiration and she's always that, – that's the basis of this book. The mm-hmm. other day, she came home. She goes, oh, you know, my friend came, you know, was, got these new Hatchimals, these little animals. I, I don't even know what they are, but they're Hatchimals, and I want them. You know, can I get them? And I went on Amazon, of course. I, without even blinking, I went on Amazon.com, found Hatchimals. I've got Prime membership. I could have them at the door tonight, okay? And <laughs> sh- trust me when I say every fiber and cell in my body is like, just push click. It's only $5.99. You could do it. Go ahead, Okay. And at that moment, right when I saw it on there, I said, well, and I turned to her, I said, Leah, what are you going to do to earn it? And this, this was what was remarkable to me. She goes, I know, I know, Daddy. I got to study hard. I got to do well at school, and I got to read every night. And so, you know, so, there was a little flash in my mind where, you know, and I think some parents would agree with me. were like, oh, good, she got it. Okay, sure, you'll get your hatchable. And there was a part of me, and I, and I said this out loud. I said, no. I said, you're supposed to do that anyway. Right, right. I said, how is, you know, I said that, that's what you're supposed to do anyway. That's not earning this. You want something special. You want something different than the norm. How are you going to earn it by doing something different than you normally do? And she looked at me like a deer in headlights. She didn't see that one coming. She thought it was mm-hmm. going to be the standard. Yes, yes, yes. So that's, I think, what parents need to do is don't fall into the rut don't fall into the norm of make your bed, do your homework, study hard, be a good person, because those are all givens. You know, it's kind of like the, the, the employee later on who comes into work and goes to their boss and says, I want a raise. Well, what did you do to earn your raise? Well, I show up every day, I do my job, I come on time, and I leave on time. Well, but that's what you're supposed to do. You know, <laughs> why, why does that merit a raise? And that's how we have to think as parents. So what I told my daughter is, no, you don't get the Hatchimals for doing all those things. Come up with something different. What is it that you're going to do? And I had her come up with the idea. And she said, okay, you know what I'm going to do is this weekend I'm going to clean out my closet. I'm going to find the things that I don't need anymore and what, we're going to, what I can donate to charity. I said, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll accept that. That's something that I could have because, I mean, she's got to clean her room anyway, but the notion of giving something away in order to get something, the idea of giving something to give to charity, perfect. You got it. I'm, I'm game. Now, that may not be perfect parenting, by the way, but, but again, it was tied to this concept of earning it. Well, yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Like I'm hearing over and over this wonderful theme of what are you going to do to earn it or the or the internal self-talk that us parents can do in all of these millions of micro moments throughout the week of right is my child earning it is my child earning it how you know how can i set up a condition that they earn it how can i set up a condition that they might fail and learn instead of swooping in to take care of something so they will be happy right i mean the i, I could hear i could hear the self-talk Oh, yeah, it, it, it's constant. Constant, constant. So what, yes. what would you say to our listeners if there is one thing that they can do to raise kids 
with these values that you're espousing and to prevent entitlement, what's one thing? Sure. I think it's a fantastic question. Um, and <laughs> once I'm asking myself on a daily basis, I, I, I would honestly say the, the one primary recommendation I would have is move away from focusing on the short-term feeling of happiness all the time. That's going to get you into trouble. If you're trying to keep your kids happy all the time, you're going to result in a child, in an adult when that child grows up, you're going to result in an, uh, it's going to result in an adult who can't tolerate distress, who can't tolerate when things go wrong, and who can't tolerate being told a no to. It's perfectly reasonable and and I think important to strive to have children who are content, who are joyful, who are happy children, but move away from those constant desires and needs that every action results in something that's happy. Sometimes you're going to get the frown. Sometimes you're going to get the eye roll. Sometimes you're going to get the grimace. That's okay because how many times in your day-to-day life as an adult do you do the eye roll, maybe internally, not externally, because you don't want other people to see it. How many day, times a day do you frown? How many times a day do you ponder? And you're not constantly always happy. It's okay. That's part of life. And that's what we need to take away from this is you can be a happy person who, doesn't, who has moments of unhappiness. That is truly what is going to be important down the line. So focusing on the big picture, the long view. I love Absolutely. it. All right, it's time, Michael, for that parent footprint moment question. When you enlighten us with a time when you became aware of something about yourself as an individual or as a parent, and that new awareness had a positive impact on your child. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about this, and um, th- there's a lot of moments throughout my life, but there's one in particular. And this, uh, it, it was when I was watching my daughter Leia, and she was playing at a park. And, and, and Leia's an only child, so she doesn't have the, the, uh, the, the fortune of having a, a constant playmate and a sibling. And I saw her playing in the park. And she would actually approach a child she's never met before. And with all the innocence and sincerity uh, of anybody I've ever seen, she would say, hi, I'm Leia. Can we play? And it had such a profound impact on me because I'm not that kind of person. Hmm. I'm the kind of person who would rather, you know, uh, probably feel more comfortable just looking down or looking away being on my own and, and not feeling confident enough to talk to a complete stranger. I, I wouldn't go up to a 45-year-old now and say, hey, I'm Michael, can we play? But of that notion, I, that, that's not within my comfort zone. That was never in my comfort zone as a child either. And to see her do that had such a profound impact on me as a parent. And the reason for that was is I didn't want her to lose that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want her to lose that capacity to, to not only have the confidence in herself to do that, but to have the good nature, to have that, that, 
that spark of kindness and just a, a, a genuine kindness to come out. And I think it's so easy for us to lose that as we get older. So it was a transformative moment for me because it wasn't just teaching her, you know, as a parent to do right from wrong and to always say please and thank you and to always practice your ABCs and your one, two, threes. But how do, how do I, as a parent, help to maintain this genuine sense of kindness? How do I encourage her to continue to be social, to, for her to continue to be that kind of person that she already innately is? And it, re- it really was. I, I, it's hard to sometimes put into words how magical that moment was. But, but now, when I'm with her, when I see her, and even in my, in my own interactions with people, I go back to that moment intrinsically go back to that moment and think what is the way that I would maintain that magic in this interaction right now? How would I encourage her to do it? And and it's working beautifully because not only, not only does she continue to be just an incredibly warm, genuine and kind individual, but it's rubbing off on me a little bit, you know, and, um, (laughs) and, you know, this is where the, the child in some ways becomes the, the teacher, you know, and the, and the parent. But I find that now I, I feel a little bit more confident and comfortable in approaching people and striking up a dialogue, whereas before, I don't think that would have innately come to me. That is a wonderful moment. And I, and I really, I'm, I'm smiling here as I'm listening to this, is that you hit it right on the head, too, about how much our kids uh, teach us. And, and, with, and in that moment, not only did, you know, she teach you a, a way that you wanted to be, but realizing how purposefully and mindfully you would need to be to keep that natural, wonderful um, presence and ability that she has alive in her as she grows up. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That, that's, that's magic. I don't want to lose that. Mm-hmm. Well, our time is unfortunately come to an end. I want to thank Dr. Michael Wetter for joining us today you guys have to check out this wonderful book, Earn It, What to Do When Your Kids Need an Entitlement Intervention. Michael, where can everyone continue to follow your work? Uh, best way is in my very entitled uh, webpage, drwetter.com. <laughs> uh, if, if, if you go there, not only will I have access to the, to the books, but you can find out about my practice and consulting and anything else you might want to find. Uh, that's the best way, drwetter.com. Wonderful. And uh, I just want to say how much I appreciate your uh, authenticity and uh, you just your acknowledgement of how all of us parents, we're all dealing with the same thing and we're all human and uh, we're just all doing our best to be mindful and uh, to spread your your one of your main guiding points is to focus on uh, the big picture. And I just think that's uh, that's wisdom for us all to uh, to embrace and internalize. All right, everyone, check us out at Parent Footprint, www.parentfootprint.com. I encourage you all to continue your awareness as you raise your wonderful little beings who are growing in the world. Do try to be the person you want them to become. And with this awareness, you can create what your vision of successful parenting is. As always... I'll leave you with the guiding question, what footprint do you want to leave?